Well, hey there. I am so glad that you've joined us on the Ditching Perfection podcast, a podcast that will help you pursue wholeness in Jesus rather than trying to have it all together. I'm your host, Carly Bartlett, and in this new series, together we'll embark on a journey to find the transformative truths hidden within the inquiries posed by Jesus himself. Along the way, I believe that we will discover answers through Jesus's questions. Welcome to Jesus Q&A. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the Ditching Perfection podcast. Hey, so by now, if you have been listening for a while, you know that I am such a proponent of counseling. I have shared several times on the podcast and in many sermons that I have preached about how God has definitely used my therapist to help me on my healing journey. And one of the things that I learned from her was the importance of acknowledging emotions and not just acknowledging them, but then sitting in them. And then realizing that I'm not alone in that emotion. Also, in addition to this, it's connected. This and another idea that I wanted to share with you that I've shared before. This idea is from Dr. Doug Hardy, one of my professors from Nazarene Theological Seminary. And Dr. Hardy and I were chatting actually on uh, some of my episodes, episodes 11 and 12 on the podcast. And he was talking about how there aren't good emotions and bad emotions. Sometimes we can categorize our emotions and think like happy and joyful are good emotions and being sad or angry are bad. But what Dr. Hardy was reminding us and what continues to just play out in my own life, and I'm remembering his words, is that every emotion is an avenue to connect with God. So I share all of that because today we are going to finish our Jesus Q&A series And we're going to be talking about how Jesus meets us in our emotions. So today we are going to read from the resurrection narrative. We have made it here. We have gone through this chronological journey of learning about Jesus and and reading his questions. And we've been doing it all throughout the Gospels, starting from the beginning. And now here we are at the resurrection narrative. But in our last episode, we discussed Jesus' question to Pilate after Jesus was arrested. So I know it might seem really strange to fast forward through the crucifixion, right? Because this is like such a pinnacle moment in the story of Jesus and in our faith. But I want to say before we dive into the resurrection narrative that, yes, Jesus on the cross does ask a very significant question. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And believe me, I didn't breeze by this on purpose, but I actually have another podcast episode where I dive into this question. And it's a bonus episode that I released on Good Friday this year. So I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that. If you have ever felt forsaken, forgotten in the dark, it is such an important conversation. And that is a question that we read from Jesus while he's on the cross. But today we find ourselves in John chapter 20. And in John chapter 20, we, and as we immerse ourselves in the narrative, we find that this story unfolds a few days since Jesus was crucified on the cross. Now, we on this side of history know the good news that's to come, but the disciples and Jesus's friends didn't know yet at this point the good news that Jesus was alive. So 
Imagine being one of Jesus's disciples, friends, or followers, losing Jesus, seeing Jesus crucified on the cross, being so, so mistreated and beaten and mocked. I mean, awful, awful situation. In the days to follow, these were dark days. The disciples were scared. They were wondering if they might be next. They were fearing for their own lives. And his friends were crushed. I mean, they had put their hope in him. They'd put their lives on hold, left left their jobs. They'd probably, you know, for many of them, put their reputations on the line to follow him. And all for it to end with him being put to death. These were dark days, confusing days, and emotional days. But as we'll read today, after Jesus is resurrected, the first words that we read from Jesus in the Gospel of John after his resurrection, these words are questions, and they're questions of care, of compassion, of understanding, and of empathy. And as we have learned about Jesus through Jesus's questions in this series, I just think, oh my word, (laughs) questions of care, compassion, understanding, and empathy, isn't that so like Jesus? Yes, absolutely. So let's read in John chapter 20, starting in verse 11, and we'll read through verse 18. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, and you are welcome to listen as I read, or you can open up your Bible and read along with me. John 20, starting in verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the good news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So let's unpack this scripture together. As we were talking at the beginning, first of all, Mary is at the tomb and she is full of grief. She is confused. She is sad. She's distraught. She's probably traumatized. And I would imagine she's absolutely exhausted. She has likely not slept well for days now. And then this, all of these emotions she's feeling. And then this, she comes back to the tomb where she expects to care for the body of Jesus. And then Jesus's body was gone. And she was weeping. And in in scripture, the Greek word for, for weeping means to loudly wail. She wasn't just quietly shedding a few tears. She was wailing. I mean, she was absolutely distraught. 
And in the midst of her despair, she looked into the tomb again, and she probably really wanted to make sure she was seeing what was happening, right? Like, maybe you've been there where you've been so tired and exhausted. Things are happening that you didn't expect, and you have to do a double take. You have to, like, pinch yourself, make sure you're not dreaming. This is what she was doing. She was really trying to take everything in. Am I seeing this clearly? So she stooped to take another look into the tomb, and this time... There were two angels there. And the angels asked her, why are you crying? And I love this. Even the angels are are caring for her in her moments of distress. And yet it's interesting because it almost feels like and seems like Mary was not even necessarily affected by seeing two angels. She was so, so distressed that yes, these angels were talking to her and she just simply responds, well, they've taken my Lord away. I don't know where to find him. At this moment, she was facing the angels. There had to be some sign in their face that maybe someone or something was walking up behind Mary. She was in the middle of this conversation here and then all of a sudden, they were looking beyond her. And so she naturally turned, I just imagine this is happening. She sees that their gaze is beyond her. And so she turns to see what or whom they were looking toward. And then we read that Jesus appears there behind Mary, but she didn't know it was him. And he said to her, why are you crying? See, Jesus noticed and recognized her emotions and her pain. He didn't shame her or make her feel embarrassed. He simply asked a question filled with care. This was the very first question. These, the first words we hear from the resurrected Jesus. Why are you crying? And this makes me think of something that my counselor taught me. When I would get teary during our sessions, she would say something along the lines of, oh, I noticed that you're, that you're getting emotional. Tell me about your tears. And it was a way for her to acknowledge my emotions and help me acknowledge them too. Actually, just last night, my daughter, Lulu, was getting a little teary over something she's going through. And, you know, her sweet little spirit, she was getting a little teary-eyed. And and so I just said to her the same thing. Tell me about your tears. It wasn't a way for, or excuse me, it was a way for her to feel safe, to unpack what she was feeling. And she was reminded that she wasn't alone, that I was right there with her. And I wanted her to feel safe to sit and unpack her emotions. And Jesus does the same thing for Mary. Tell me about your tears. And then he goes on to say, who is it you're looking for? Now, this is super interesting to me because do you remember in our first Jesus Q&A episode, which was episode 57, one of the first documented questions of Jesus that he says to his disciples early on is, what do you seek? Now, this sounds super similar, right? What are you looking for? What do you seek? I love how John uses the same phrase and how Jesus, though, uses the same phrase. And I should say that it's Jesus that uses the same phrase. But John highlights this for us on like bookends of the gospel. The disciples at the beginning were asked what they were looking for as they had this new friendship with Jesus. And now Mary is being asked. 
after all the years of following Jesus, watching him be crucified on the cross, all of the grief and trauma, sadness and fear, Jesus recognizes her emotion after this long journey, but even just the long three days she's lived through and asks her, what are you looking for? What do you need? What do you seek? And I love that we see the kindness of Jesus in these questions. Jesus's first recorded words. I know I said that earlier, but I'm going to say it again. The first recorded words of Jesus in the Gospel of John after the resurrection were questions of kindness, of empathy, of compassion, and understanding. And at this, then, we read that Mary believed that Jesus was the gardener. Once again, she was so deep in her grief and turmoil and exhaustion that she thought that maybe he was the gardener. And then immediately after that, she wanted to fix the problem. She thinks this is the gardener. And she's like, hello, if you took the body, tell me where he is and I will go get him. (laughs) I love that she is a woman who is going to figure this out, who wants to come up with the solution and she's going to make something happen. I love that. But her thinking that Jesus is the gardener is actually really interesting. I was reading in the New Beacon Bible commentary on John from Dr. George Lyons, and here's a quote from him. Quote, although at one level, Mary's initial impulse is wrong about the identity of the one who stands behind her, on another level, her intuition is exactly right. Beside her is the gardener, the caretaker, the Lord of the new creation, end quote. So she sees this gardener and she actually sees, I mean, think about this. God is the one who created at the beginning the Garden of Eden. And now here we have Jesus, the resurrected King, God in flesh, who is here to bring about the new creation. I love it. And so she is seeing clearly. And then Jesus simply says her name. When she's not totally sure yet, she's seeing clearly in one way. She's still a little confused in the other way. She probably, seeing him as the gardener, didn't even realize just the amazing, profound implications of that. But then Jesus says her name, Mary. So personal. And when he says her name and lets her know she is known, her vision is cleared. It's like the blinders are taken off and she really sees Jesus, her friend, the true gardener, the prince of peace, the king, the promise-fulfilling, victorious, loving, compassionate, kind Jesus. She sees him clearly and she cries out, teacher, which means like my master. And she just falls at his feet. And then he tells her to not cling to him, but to go and tell the disciples the good news. And although she knew he was going back to the Father, her time with him was likely limited. And she was so overcome with this good news. I mean, she wanted to be with him. She wanted to see him. I mean, this is the friend, the Savior, the King, who she thought was gone forever. And there he was. But then he was sending her with such a message of empowerment saying, don't cling to this moment. This good news is not just for you. It is for everyone. And I want you to go and tell the good news that I am alive. And Mary Magdalene was the first person to ever utter the words, I have seen the risen Lord. He is risen. 
Mary got to share the most powerful, profound, and yet simple testimony. I've seen the Lord. And I just love this. I love that Jesus met her in the midst of her emotions. Her emotions were an avenue for her to connect with the risen king. And as an emotional being, she was empowered to share the good news of the resurrected Jesus. And I, of course, love, I love this, that Jesus empowered Mary specifically to be the first preacher of the resurrection. Some of the male disciples had actually been at the tomb earlier, and Jesus could have spoken to them first, but Jesus is intentional in everything that he does. So he intentionally chose to send and empower Mary in a culture where women were considered to be inferior to men. She was trusted by Jesus. Mary also had a difficult past. And some people probably never saw her as restored and redeemed. They saw her as her old self. But Jesus always saw her as new creation. And he believed in her when others didn't. And this is so obvious that he was trying to empower and lift her up. And not just for her, but for all of us to remember that Jesus believes in us, that even if we feel disqualified, Jesus says, I believe in you and I am empowering you. And so as we finish this series, I hope that you hear this. And I hope that you've heard this all along, that Jesus meets you right where you are with great compassion. And as we've talked about today specifically, that Jesus sees you in the emotions that you're experiencing or even the the emotions that you're trying to suppress. Jesus is asking you about your tears. And those tears are not only an avenue to connect with him, but they can actually shape you in the ways that you carry the gospel in authentic ways to your community, to your friends, to your family. See, it's our vulnerability and not our quote-unquote perfection that connects us with Jesus. If we have everything all together, why would we be in need of a Savior? Hello, none of us have it all together. Our needs connect us to our Savior. And then he, as we read in scripture, where we are weak, he is strong. So it's our vulnerability, not our facade of quote-unquote perfection that connects us with Jesus. And it is our vulnerability, not our quote-unquote perfection that connects us with each other. So knowing that, then know that Jesus is with you. Jesus believes in you. And even if you feel inadequate, whether because of the words of others, your past experiences, You fill in the blank. But Jesus is empowering you and empowering you to tell your story. I have seen the Lord. Well, friends, this has been such a powerful and formative series for me personally. I've learned so much and I keep going back to the conversations that we have been having on the podcast this summer. I'm so thankful that we have been on this Jesus Q&A journey together. And I hope and pray that it has been powerful and formational for you too. 
If you are diving in now and if you've missed some episodes, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to the rest of the series. And maybe you might, might even want to go back and listen again. I I know that uh, repetition is helpful for me. And so if you want to go back and listen again, I feel like anytime we open the word of the Lord, anytime we study scripture, we are shaped and formed. But I did want to tell you, I'm going to take a couple weeks off to prepare for the fall. And so I want you to stay tuned on social media about uh, what's next. I, I have so many fun things coming. And so make sure that you and I are connected on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Carly Communicates. And very soon, I'm going to share more details of what is coming up on the pod this fall. And I'll tell you what, you may have heard on Instagram, but one of the things that we're really going to be focusing on is a new relationships series. I have so many incredible friends lined up to come and share with us about a variety of relationships, whether romantic relationships, friendships, mentorships, family relationships, so many amazing things that we're going to learn together. And I believe it's going to be incredibly impactful. I can't wait for us to journey together through that this fall. But for now, as we finish the series, let's consider these questions today. First, I invite you to hear Jesus say to you, tell me about your tears. Or maybe it's tell me about your anxiety or tell me about your resentment. Acknowledging your emotions is an avenue to connect with Jesus. There are no good or bad emotions. We can use all of those and God uses all of those for us to depend upon God in deeper ways. And secondly, is there any area of your life where you self-sabotage because you feel ill-equipped? And in light of that, what do you believe Jesus is saying to you? Ask Jesus to help you tune into his words of empowerment over your life. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this summer series. Thank you that you are so relational, you're so kind, you're so compassionate. And thank you that you, as we've been talking about this summer, you didn't come to hold lectures, you came to have conversations. So thank you, Jesus, that that always continues to be the way that you connect with us. God, I pray for my friends listening, that they would find you right where they are, that they wouldn't feel like they have to shove down their emotions or suppress those things, but they would find you in the midst of them. And God, I pray too that they would see themselves from your perspective. If there's anything that, you know, may make them feel like they're disqualified, would you help them see themselves through your loving, loving gaze? And may they see that you believe in them more than they believe in themselves. God, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you for this series of learning together. Thank you for your spirit that meets us on the podcast. And we are so thankful in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, friends, keep sitting with Jesus's questions. Amidst the uncertainties and complexities of life, I believe that we will continue to, to discover the answers we seek as we sit with the questions that Jesus asked. See you in a few weeks, friends. 
Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Jesus Q&A. If this podcast resonates with you and you want to continue the journey of pursuing wholeness in Jesus, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. That way you won't miss a single episode. I'd also love for you to share this podcast with your friends, family, and anyone else who may find hope from diving into the depths of Jesus's questions. I believe that the conversations we're having here matter, and we would love to have others join our community in our little corner of the internet. Well, friends, I look forward to diving into more Jesus Q&A with you next time. And in the meantime, if you want to connect on Instagram, you can find me at Carly Communicates. Talk to you soon. Thank you.